This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by Bosbole.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9, good morning. I'm Roshan Kanison and welcome to Open for Business. According to a paper by the Central Bank, that's Bank Negara Malaysia, there are a few reasons for Malaysia's low penetration rate when it comes to insurance. And this includes things like limited geograph- geographical reach for people on the ground, namely the agency networks, and the industry's focus on products with saving and investment elements that are complex and unaffordable. Going digital has been touted as the answer to these issues, and in recent years, we've seen many insurtechs enter this space, including Kazana-backed Policy Street, Firelife, and today's guest, Ouch, and you didn't hear me incorrectly, that is the name of today's guest. In August, insurtech platform Ouch launched its first in-house product, a digital Takaful product called Pusara Pro, making its entry into the Takaful market as the first digital Takaful operator in Bangnagara, Malaysia's regulatory sandbox. Earlier this year, they announced a fully subscribed six-figure pre-series A fa- uh, round, uh, which follows a 1.5 million ringgit seed round in 2021, which has gone towards their ambitions to be Malaysia first digital Takaful operator. On this episode of Open for Business, you will hear about what inspired this venture, how they're going to compete with giant incumbents in the insurance space, and why they've decided to make their own insurance products with CEO Shazi Norazman. Shazi, welcome to the show. Hi, Roshan. Thank you for having me. Shazi, I think we have to start with the most obvious question in the room, and uh, why did you name your company Ouch? Well, um, for us specifically, we, we needed a brand uh, that kind of sparked interest with our customers. So ouch is something we want people to remember the pains that happens in our life, right? Uh. Things happen all the time. You always say ouch. Um, we tend to not want these things to happen in our lives, but they do happen. So we have to acknowledge them. And then we're here to protect you during these ouch moments. Now, insurance, uh, Shazi, no secret, it's generally considered something that is sold and not bought. And uh, I've, we've seen digital players struggle in this space to break into agency networks and you know get those customers. Um, why have you thrown your hat into this ring? You started as a distribution hub for insurance products. Now you're developing and selling your own in-house products. Why throw your hat in the ring? Oh, well, firstly, on the axiom of, you know, insurance is sold and not bought, um, I think that's something that the industry has kind of put on itself. Uh, it's, it's kind of evolved into that, that idea now, and the product is so complicated, so um, expensive at times, that it has to be sold and not bought. So we have to kind of relook at this again from, from the beginnings of Takafo, the beginnings of insurance, and start back and from the basics, right? So that's our approach. So we want to go with a simple, straightforward product, introduce that to the market, and hopefully grow from there. Um, The general purpose of when people enter the digital financial services space, let alone the insurance space, is to serve the underserved, right? This has been touted as a large market, potentially very lucrative, underserved currently by current infrastructure because of some of the things you mentioned earlier. That said, it is a largely unproven market. We haven't actually gone into it to see whether they're going to buy insurance or whether you have to change the way you're doing it. Like Policy Street, for example, is going through embedded uh, financing or embedded insurance uh, products. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you've maybe tested the market to see whether there's a, there's a product need and product demand here and the potential value of the underserved segment. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, you're right that, you know, there's the underserved has been largely untested. Um, but there are products and there are things that are happening with 
within the unserved market that we need to be aware of. So, for example, there's a product you know that's uh, widely known in the masjid community called Karak Kematian, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's unregulated, but it's a product people actually subscribe to uh, to help them with their funeral expenses when uh, the untimely demise, right? So, so these products already exist. Uh, families are already helping each other by borrowing money. Uh, the concept is similar in Takafo as well. You know, we're pooling funds together so that if anything uh, unprecedented happens, um, then we can take care of each other, right? So these things already exist in that market, but today the products that are being sold to this, to this market, underserved market, generally is quite complex and generally is quite expensive, mm. like I mentioned earlier. So it's very hard to get them to, to want to purchase something like this. Right? So we have to change that mindset, change the product, change how we approach things so that it can be a product that we can service market with. So for example, Pushara Pro, again, affordability is a key factor, access to it. Um, it's easy to understand. You can do everything on the platform itself, on the website as well. So it makes it very easy for them to consume this product. And Pusara Pro itself is a life a equivalent of a life policy on the Takaful side of things. That's right. So it is a term life product, but you have an additional benefit where 10% of the sum assured, it will be given out as compassionate benefit. Mm. So similar to Karak Kamatian. So we found that space. We found that there's a, there is a want there in the answer market. They do, they do subscribe to um, Karak Kamatian. So this is a good regulated uh, replacement for that. I, I wonder where you are. We'll get into your offerings in a second, but you know the product market fit journey here may not be as clear as what is currently in the market right now yeah. for insurance products. So give us a sense of where you feel Ouch is in the product market fit journey. So I think we are brand new. We're brand new into the market. We're learning from our participants, You know, all the early participants that we have. We're constantly engaging with them to find out their needs and wants. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to see a big difference from uh, people in Kuala Lumpur, Klang Valley, compared to people in more rural areas, yeah. right? So we really have to build out the understanding and communication with our participants to eventually serve them better. Let's talk a little bit about the product mix because you've moved away from the distribution platform that you started off with, which was a bunch of general insurance products and life insurance products there. Now that you've got your in-house product, that seems to be the focus here. Uh, take us through the product, the evolution of the product mix since you started sure. and why I guess you've you know kind of abandoned the first uh, iteration of the product to focus on the current iteration. Sure. So we started with distribution and we realized quite quickly that um, with distribution or aggregators of sorts, there is no kind of loyalty from the customer, right? Mm. They can go to any kind of platform and find a product that kind of can, can replace the existing product. Most of the time, it's a reward. It's a reward or a benefit they get from purchasing through this website over another website. So we found that the cost for acquisition for that was quite high and there's no loyalty. So lifetime value for a customer is quite short. Um, so from there, we really, uh, and that was kind of our building blocks towards uh, getting our approval from Bandagara to operate in the regulatory sandbox as our operator ourselves, introducing our first product, right? So now with the first product in mind, we have more control over, over what we're offering to our customers. So today, if you go to ouch.my, you'll find uh, it's very clearly stating our the product that we're, we're underwriting um, and introducing to the market. Later on, we may introduce these products back to the fit so that we can offer, uh, offer, offer more to our customers. So it's essentially a way of not, I guess, confusing the brand. What, That's what right. Ouch provides here. Yeah. Uh, you're no longer just uh, a seller of insurance products. Yeah. You are a maker of insurance yeah. products. Um, the thing is with newer companies, Shazi, there's going to be that fear from consumers that, oh, who are you that I should trust you with my life insurance or my Takaful product, right? That's right. Uh, where else yeah. I can trust the, the great Easterns and the AIAs of the right. who've been here for a while. So how are you navigating that particular challenge? So we re acknowledge that. I think you're right. The biggest challenge is brand awareness and trust from uh, the participants of 
potential participants. So how we kind of circum circumnavigated that essentially is that we work with a custodian. So all the funds are held by the custodian. So there's no uh, there's no risk between us and uh, and the custodian. And then if anything happens to the company, your funds are protected. Mm -hmm. uh, another insurer, incumbent insurer, can take over the fund, and or we can, all the funds can be distributed back to the participants. So that's how we navigate that risk specifically. What about a reinsurance partner? Do you have that as well? Yes, of course. Uh, we also have a reinsurance partner. We work with Swiss Re, uh, the Ritakafu Arm, you know, the second biggest reinsurer in the world. So we do have that in place as well. So uh, just a few months ago, in August, uh, Ouch launched its first in-house product, the uh, Pusara Pro. Uh, distribution and manufacturing, very different uh, things when it comes to the insurance space or any business line for that matter. Talk to us about the, you, talk, you gave us a sense for the customer acquisition side and long-term value. Um, but give us a sense of the journey of going from a distributor to a insurance uh, underwriter. What was that journey like? So it was definitely an interesting one. I think where we were a distributor, we we understood a little bit more about our customers' wants and needs. Um, but I think what we didn't have was the control, right? Um, so working with uh, existing insurers, there was a limit to how much you can provide to your customer, whether it's a technological aspect, whether the APIs are ready or not. You know, we, had, we, we faced a lot of these challenges. So by coming out with our own product, uh, we have more control. Right, more control in terms of what we're offering. We have the option to actually improve the product over time. The product can evolve over time, and our offerings can evolve over time. So, with with the distribution model, you know, it's, you're really reliant on the incumbents to provide that product for you. But with being an operator, we have the control, and we can actually serve the market. And I also presume that the margins are better once you start building your own product. Of course, I think the margins definitely better. But then again, you know, we're not we're not trying to be greedy here. So uh, our mandate essentially is to serve the underserved, right? So we have to leverage off the use of technology to reduce all these costs, right? We take, we take out all the hidden costs as well mm -hmm. from the product so that it's very, very clean, transparent. So one example, a big example here would be the Wakala fee, for example. We charge a fixed Wakala fee of 20% year on year. It doesn't change compared to you know, traditional uh, Takafa operators who changes varies from 30% to 40% sometimes, depending on how the fund performs. How have you been able to do that, Shazi? Give us a bit of a sense of what goes into this Wakala fee. Sure. So Wakala fee, essentially, your, the, the management fee for Ouch is we do all the uh, insurance operations for you, right? The underwriting, the claims processing, the policy management, that's what you're paying for, as well as for us to serve your needs. So you can think of us as, if, by going onto the platform, is that we are your digital agent per se, mm -hmm. right? We are providing you all <laughs> the services of an agent, so the fees are no longer there, we are absorbing it. So that's how we managed to achieve, on average, about 20% cheaper than what's offered in the market. From a business perspective here, how much, I guess, uh, what are your projections or your, your your business model telling you about the difference in terms of the, how the distribution model was doing for you and the potential of the in-house products? Uh, I think it's very hard to say. Uh, mm. Right now, we do have our you know forecasted assumptions into the, the what, what we expect from um, having our own product. Uh, I think we we'll really see the differences once we go into more products. Right, when we introduce more products in the line, whether next year, or the year after that, then we start seeing that those margins actually be better. Mm -hmm. uh, what's traction been like since you started in August? So we're still early days. We've only launched for about two months right now. You know, we're still. Uh, targeting our first 500 uh, participants. Um, and we find that it's a good number for us to understand them better and you know, serve them and 
see where we go from there. Shazi, we've got more to get into, which we will do right after a few messages. Folks, I've been speaking with Shazi Norazman. He's the CEO of Introtech Ouch, uh, the first digital tuckerful operator in Bangalore, Malaysia's regulatory sandbox. I'm Roshan Kanisin. You've been listening to Open for Business. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Bulldozing fine measures. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Kanison, and this morning I've been speaking with Shazi Norazman. He's the CEO of Introtech Ouch, the first digital tuckful operator in Bangnagara's Malaysia regulatory sandbox. Um, Shazi, you launched, as we mentioned earlier, in August, you launched the first in-house product, the life equivalent product, which is a Pusara Pro. Um, you've, you've, I think you're aiming for 500 participants, as you mentioned earlier. It's only been two months, so early days still. Uh, but maybe give us a sense, because you started as a distribution platform, education, that sort of thing. Was the plan always to end up in this space where you were underwriting products? Yeah, so the, the plan is always that from the from the get-go. So we actually tested out this idea um, with a 1337 um, accelerator program with Bandigar. It was the first one that they did. And we were one of the finalists there. So the plan was always to eventually um, go into the regular sandbox to provide this new model of Takafo and offering to the market. Um, so to get there, we kind of had to build the technology out whether it was distribution tools, we acknowledge that distribution tools was very necessary for us to reach the market in a cost-effective way. Uh, and that was the plan from the get-go. So then we started with distribution while we worked with the Bandigara team to, to get our approval to operate in Sandbox. So the distribution platform acted as a, as a bridge to get you to That's this right. part. What were the lessons uh, from building the distribution platform and the insights you got from maybe the customer base there that has helped in this, uh, in this process of yours? Uh, I think from, from that standpoint, we, we, we understood a little bit more from what the customers' wants and mm -hmm. needs are. We found that a lot of people are very interested in the, the extra rewards and not the actual <laughs> product itself. You know, you know, what benefit do I get if I purchase with you? You know, that's always the kind of customer request that we got. Um, so we acknowledge that you know, there is this, this thing that you know, people still want to get rewarded uh, or, or you know, just get something out of it by, by working with you. So that has kind of... Um, uh, affected how we look at the product as well. So with uh, being a participant of Pusara Pro, you don't just get the insurance or Takafu product that you need. You also get additional benefits, right? We'll find out a little bit more about your financial checks and you get points for these that will be rewarded in either cash or vouchers. Uh, that's not out yet, but we'll be launching that in the next month or two. So it's kind of, uh, it was a good way to study the behavior of the potential client base here uh, and how you can tap into that. Um, what was, I guess, the most challenging part along the way in terms of whether it was how you built uh, the in-house product um, in the sandbox or even during the earlier process of building the distribution platform? Uh, well, so for, from the sandbox standpoint, um, you know, it, it is a heavily regulated industry. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of compliance and regulatory compliance that you need to work with. Um, so getting us prepared for that was, uh, was it one of the challenges. 
another challenge that from the distribution leading to being an operator today is really the brand awareness and trust that we need to instill from our, our participants and customers. Was there any particularly surprising when you entered the sandbox and you were like, oh, th- we need to do this as part of the process of building uh, a, a, an in-house product? Uh, not really. I, I would say that the Nagara is quite supportive in terms of what we're trying to do. So they've been really pushing uh, this digital agenda and trying to really address the biggest problem in Malaysia, which is the underserved, mm. not getting the protection they need, right? And closing that protection uh, financial gap as well. So um, they've been really supportive. Um, so there were challenges some back and forth but eventually you know, you know we work together towards the same goal so I would say the Benegar has been very supportive on that Is the key to addressing the underserved simply making the products cheaper and simpler? I would say that's the first step uh, the first step is making it affordable, right? Uh, if you understand the B40, M40 market a little bit they don't have much at the end of the month you know they spend it quite um, they spend it on a monthly basis, right? So we, we acknowledge that, you know, there is a cost factor to it. Mm. Uh, there is a simplicity factor to it as well. You know, the need to go to the agent today is because, you know, products are complex. So by having a straightforward product, you know, they, they will get access to that easier. It's likely an 80-page document with, exactly. uh, with all sorts of terms yeah. and conditions and schedules that are actually quite difficult to read at Exactly, times. yeah. And, you know, sometimes, you know, they're being pushed um, things like, Product complexity, right? 36 critical illnesses or however many it is today. <laughs> the number keeps going up. Um, but, you know, the reality is that Malaysians are only worried about the top two in Malaysia, which is diabetes and hypertension, right? So why are we looking at all providing a product that covers 36, 40 critical illnesses when what people want is actually one or two? Right. And um, how have you, I guess... What have you been able to do to simplify the product, right? Is Because you started from your fresh... Uh, yeah. face in the scene uh, you're building from the ground up how have you been able to simplify the way Takaful is done so our approach here is really getting people to understand what Takaful is uh, mm-hmm. and what they're participating for right so our first product we, we've, we kind of identify it as the basis of what you need it's actually uh, something you need not actually something you want right um, uh, a life product or Takaful life product because if anything happens to you you want to make sure the people you leave behind whether it's your parents whether it's your kids your spouse are uh, taken care of Right, that's a, the kind of key factor or the kind of building blocks. From there, we want to build out other products to kind of add on to this simpler, straightforward products. So even in our first product, we don't look at TPD yet. We're just looking at death. Mm. That's it. Uh, well, the one thing I've always found quite interesting is that here, it's very difficult to get TPD on its own. It's usually attached to something else. Uh, so let's, uh, let's see whether the digital insurers can kind of make it a bit more modular in that's that sense. Right. That's our goal. Um, you're building a business that's trying to bypass the traditional way of selling insurance products. And that's going to come with friction along the way. Um, it's largely been driven by agents, the selling of uh, insurance products, or some would say investment products as well. And uh, the, the value proposition there is also that human touch and that ability to break down the complexities and reassure the end customer or client that you're making the right decision. So that human touch is still important. Um, tell us a little bit about how you are looking to, I guess, navigate the lack of human of a human touch and acquire customers sure um, so for the, for that specific question I think uh, we're looking to leverage on the AI right um, AI whether it's chatbots or uh, AI calls um, for them to engage with us as your, your digital agent or your digital app uh, supporting you during your insurance and takaful needs mm. right uh, and to address the Previous question on agents and how, how that's going to look like in the future. I think we just support their, their offerings today, right? It's just, it's just a top up, right? Our product is so affordable that, you know, if your customer needs a little bit more, they can just get it with Ouch. 
Is there a, maybe also a bit of a longer play that you you just need to be able to stay in the market long enough that the digital savvy, the digital natives look towards you then in five, ten years time and be like, okay, we don't want to talk to people. <laughs> we want a fully, fully digital product. So is there a bit of a waiting game here as well? Yes. So this is, uh, you can see this in the generation of Gen Y, Gen Z. Uh, people are wanting to take control over their financial products um, today more than ever. Right, so there is a waiting game a little bit. We have to establish our brand so that in five or ten years we are top of mind for the customers. And in terms of the customers that are already, you mentioned that you know the top up element here. Um, right now, there's a. No, I mean it's fair to say there's a fair bit of gatekeeping when it comes to insurance clients, right? And yes, you want to serve the underserved, but. Uh, a uh, targeting customers who are familiar with insurance products and trying to offer them a different value proposition or a cheaper value value proposition might be quite attractive as well because they know and understand the ecosystem. Um, is it worthwhile trying to break into that agency gate-capped market or would it be better to just save your marketing dollars and target the underserved? I think uh, the way we have structured uh, our distribution uh, strategy in a way, uh, it doesn't matter whether you're an agent or just an individual. Mm. You can just spread the word and you receive a benefit as would an agent receive a commission for working with an insurer right, or an operator. So in that sense, essentially there is no... There's no barrier to this, right? Mm. The agent can do it. If they don't want to do it, it's fine as well. Uh, but I think because the agent today, I mean, the, the the industry today is heavily reliant on agents, we can't ignore that at the same time. Like we do have to work with them a little bit, make sure they do get the benefit as well, spread the word, and then we can grow with them as well, right? As we introduce more products, they will see a little bit more returns uh, for distributing our product. Shazia, up next, we'll talk a little bit about Ditto and what your ambitions are there and how much money needs to be raised in order to fully realize the potential you see here in this business. Folks, I've been speaking with Shazi Noor Azman. He's the CEO of InsureTech Ouch, Malaysia's first, uh, the first digital tug of operator in Bank Nagara, Malaysia's regulatory sandbox. I'm Roshan Kainison. You're listening to Open for Business. We're going into the news bulletin right now, so keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Bolle for Malaysia. Ha. BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business is powered by BossBolle.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9, welcome back to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Kanison, and this morning I've been speaking with Shazi Norazman, the CEO of InsureTech Ouch, the first digital tuckerful operator in Bank Nagara's regulatory sandbox. As we mentioned earlier, in August, they, they launched their first in-house product, a digital tuckerful product called Pusara Pro. Um, earlier this year, Shazi, you announced a fully subscribed six-figure pre-series A round. Uh, which followed a 1.5 million ringgit, uh, which was followed by uh, an earlier seed round in 2021, about 1.5 million ringgit. Uh, can you share with us a little bit about how much you've raised so far since the start of this journey and what that money has been put to use for? Sure. So what we've raised so far is really for the purposes of Sandbox. So it's really for all the operations and risk-based capital that's required for Pusara Pro in the Sandbox spirit, uh, as well as a little bit to look into you know, building out the company for the future. 
And uh, the insurance industry, you have larger aspirations here. I think that's quite clear to see. The insurance industry in general, though, is a business that requires uh, plenty of capital yeah. uh, for regulatory reserves, among other things. And it's currently dominated by very big players. Uh, Great Eastern and AIA come to mind. How much more funding does Ouch need to raise in order to fully realize the potential here and meaningfully compete in this business? Sure. I think... Uh we meaningfully compete. I mean, that's, I think it's a bit tough to answer that. Uh, but, I think but I guess to fully realize the, the vision. The, the vision, right? So I think this is largely led by uh, the Dito, the Dito paper, right? Mm. So whether it's going to be 40 million as, as uh, displayed in the, the framework or the, the discussion paper, if it's 40 million, then that's what we're looking to raise in the early stage. And then three years from there, 100 million, right? Which is what uh, what's required by FSA or IFA. Uh, mm. yeah. So just to be clear, as part of the DITO framework right now, the proposal is 40 million ringgit for the first phase of the DITO operation and yeah. 100 million ringgit to be fully, uh, in terms of capital raised, that's right? right? That's right. As we understand it today, but we will see the full paper in the first half of next year. Yes, because they have recently announced that they are reviewing, they're looking into it based on stakeholder feedback. Uh, largely, can you give us a sense for how that... Uh, because I'm sure you've been involved with these stakeholder engagements. What's the the vibe or the the feedback been like, uh, and engagements have been like with Bank Nagara? So they've been. I mean, they've had a few roundtables, you know, discussions on just you know what 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 the challenges that digital insurer has. You know, what's the very proposition that digital insurers and digital taka for operators have to offer. And then I guess the large question would be, you know, what's the difference from what existing uh, license frameworks they are today? It's going to compare to a digital detail paper, right? So I think it's very clear that Dito really wants to focus on the underserved, making the product accessible to people, changing the, the whole idea of insurance being sold and um, not bought. Right? I think that's the main paper. So focusing on inclusion, competition and efficiency, that's really you know, what we do as well. And making it cheaper. I think some of the, the, the stipulations are you know no agency networks digital process digital distribution process uh, right. platforms for example um in the meantime while we wait for digital to fully flesh itself out i'm sure you are still looking to grow uh, going forward with the current in the sandbox itself uh looking ahead uh, are you looking to raise more funds as part of your growth process I think we're always uh, open to the idea of more funding or getting the right partners on board that can really support the business or add value to the business. Mm -hmm. I think we're always open to those conversations. Uh, And, you know, that's also going to determine, you know, what kind of new offerings we have in the near future, right? Whether, you know, because if we want to come up with a new product, for example, we have to go through the regulatory sandbox again and we need to raise the capital required for, Mm. for the product to exist in the market, right? So those are the things that we are considering. So currently pre-series A, uh, the next round that you raise will be a series A, if uh, I know my alphabet. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the kind of investors that you'd like to have on the cap table going forward, right? Are we talking about uh, VCs who are mostly financially incentivized or is it the time to bring strategics into the picture as well? Yeah, so I think uh, we're lucky enough to have a good cap table today. Uh, investors with you know with funds that can actually support us with the growth of the business. But I think uh, moving forward, you know, definitely um, investors who with market access is kind of our top uh, priority, right? Someone that can give us access to the Malaysian market so we can offer this product to them, whether it's in the form of DG banks or whether it's in the form of something that's used every day it could be uh, telcos it could be you know utilities companies right because i mean they have a lot of information and data which you know hasn't been really utilized yet and that can really inform the product that we offer to our customers as well now this is really the tech play so when you talk about 
market access, you're talking about access to customers, essentially, That's right? That's right. So the telcos have ex- existing customer bases. If the, in the DG Bank proposition, for example, Aeon Credit has a large customer base as well. That's right. That can be utilized in that sense. Um, is there a particular type of market access, like a particular, like, so you mentioned a few names that telcos all. Is there an ideal um, potential partner in terms of uh, market access? For us, just because we are heavily uh, focused on technology, uh-huh. we would we, like someone who has uh, built this out technologically as well, right? who has the te- technology capabilities to work with APIs, to integrate with the data, to be sharing this information and to provide the best product for our customer. Because it has to be customized, it has to be personalized to the participant. Right, so we we ideally a partner like in that sense would be great. You need a digital first or digital native partner, like essentially. Um, looking ahead, given that the I mean you're looking to raise funds going forward, uh, but the funding environment, Shazi, no secret here, um, bit more conservative in nature, uh, and everyone needs a path to profitability. We know insurance is a profitable business, uh, but right now for you to build an insurer and get involved uh, and and get to that path and get to that profitability might take some time. Uh, I know it's early, but could you give us a sense for what the path to profitability for a player like Ouch uh, would look like? It's, yeah, it's really early to say. Uh, we have our forecast and we've done our numbers, crunch our numbers to see you know how that looks like in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're looking at hopefully in five years that we can achieve this. Uh, but most of the focus at the end of the day is really building a sustainable company, right? If we can constantly see that traction of growth from our customers, our participants, and we can see you know they're interested in engaging with us, that's a way better promise uh, for what can happen down the line. And growth is going to be a big part of that because you need to achieve some level of customer base before the profitability comes in. So talk to us a little bit about um, what do you think is going to best drive growth forward? Are we talking about uh, new products, new partners, uh, new new markets products, uh, partnerships, for example? Uh, Exactly that. I think all you listed is all correct. All the above, above, right? The right partners, uh, the right product. Uh, Constantly exploring this and constantly iterating, right? I think that's the benefit that we have as an insurtech and lean company, right? we can constantly iterate based on what our participants want. So I think if uh, nature of startup is that, if you lose that connect, connection to your participants or your customers, then, then you're just another company and then you're not going to really innovate in the space. What, are the, what, what do you see as the next in-house products uh, to be developed? So uh, I won't share too much of my secrets here, <laughs> but being a straightforward products is definitely uh, what we're looking at. I think I key when I say like 36 critical illnesses, we're looking at specifically maybe just diabetes and hypertension because those are the two ones people are most worried about. So more f- straightforward, simple to understand products that people actually want um, so that you can change that whole axiom from insurance being sold and not bought, right? Shazi, I always like to end the conversation with a look ahead. And yes, I know you're early, but founders always have a sense for, and you're not, this is not your first rodeo. You've been, uh, you've built businesses before. You've That's been right. on the investor side as well. So you know that uh, having at least a kind of sense for what kind of exit would be, imp- is, is a, a factor at play. So tell us a little bit about what you think is the most likely kind of exit for this company. Uh, well, it's hard to say again. It's the early days. You know, we have seen all kinds of companies go different different ways. Uh, I think IPO will be the most uh, kind of 
uh, no-brainer there. But at the same time, you know, we're starting to see this the space kind of change over time, right? Mm. The, the digital banks working together, that could be an option. Incumbent insurers looking at new markets could be an option as well. So there's quite a few options on the M&A side as well. So uh, options are open. Because it's not strictly an insurance M&A or uh, exit situation. It doesn't it have to be. be a digital financial services Healthcare, situation. It could be. It could be. It could be mm. a lot of different options. Shazi, uh, thank you so much for your time today. Pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Folks, I've been speaking with Shazi Norazman. He's the CEO of InsurTech Ouch, the first digital tuckable operator in Bangnagara, Malaysia's regulatory sandbox. I'm Roshan Kynason. You've been listening to Open for Business. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Are you open for business? Register your company with BossBolet.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.